In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be previewing the game against Bologna. We'll be discussing all things Inter with Gab Marcotti from ESPN FC, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale-Ruzzari, wishing you back uh, from a break, an involuntary break that we were forced to do because of the cancelled game against Sassuolo due to the mini outbreak of COVID-19 in Inter's squad. But we're back now, and joining me is the Semperinter.com preview writer all the way from Egypt, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Welcome back. Hello. Well, I'm very happy to be back and uh, very excited to get into this, especially with uh, with uh, our special guest today. And we're also joined by Semprinte.com's uh, chief news editor, Mr. William Beckman. How are you doing, Will? Good. A newly, a newly liberated Mr. William yes, Beckman. Uh, unlocked <laughs> down as of about 20 hours ago. So uh, that's, that's looking up. It's great. And we're also joined by uh, our good friend from Canada. He's a producer over on TSN, Mr. Michael Gallo. Hello, everybody. Uh, no games the past couple of weeks, but hey, we're still in first place. So that's the good thing. <laughs> and for, and we're also joined, as I announced uh, in my intro there, uh, by a very special guest, a very good friend of the show who comes on. Uh, I think this is like his fourth or fifth time he's coming on. He's got an excellent podcast called the Gavin Jules Pod. Uh, he's over on ESPN where he defends Italian football with passion. <laughs> Welcome back, Mr. Gabriele Marcotti. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having him on, having me on. And hopefully I only defend us, defend Italian football against unfair attacks. I'm very <laughs> happy to attack it viciously when, uh, when we screw up, which, uh, yeah, which yeah. often, let's face it, or has been often in the past. <laughs> For sure. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's true. Um, let's start with Inter because I remember we, we, I was WhatsApping you in the summer when I was losing my shit, for, for lack of better words, when Kolarov and Vidal and, and Darmian were coming in and, and you, you you were much more calmer than I was. <laughs> But, I mean, after that, it's been a quite the roller coaster gap. I mean, first, the season didn't start off well at all. The Champions League and Arturo Vidal basically cost into the Champions League. Fin they finished last in their group for the first time in their history. And then the team goes on a run. And then after Christmas, they, they Antonio Conte works his magic uh, when he's at his best, when when he doesn't have any, you know, doesn't have any options and is forced to work with what he's got. And he reintegrates Perisic and Eriksen into this team and Inter go on on a, on a, on a, on a winning streak again. And lo and behold, Inter are now favorites to win the Scudetto. Um, I'm keen to hear, since we haven't had you on this season, what you make of everything that's happened. So, like, I'm, I'm the first to be critical of Conte when, when, he, when, when he tantrums and stuff and the way he, he sees, um, you know, football as a perpetual struggle where, you know, the owner, padrone, as we say in Italy, has to go and, and, and put money in or blah, 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 matches ambition. And he could be a colossal pain in the, in the ass. But equally, he's a very smart guy. And I think, ultimately, you know, he, he realized the reality of the situation. And the reality was that he made some bad calls in the, in the summer. The reality was that, you know, Suning really bent over backwards for him. I think the reality is also that he started to understand the financial situation with, obviously, Inter's owner and what's going on in China. You know, even alluded to this, saying like, you know, the the plan went out the window weeks ago or months ago. Um, and he said, "This is what I have. How do I best make it work? What am I good at?" Um, there, I say he maybe even looked at people like like Perisic and Eriksson, one of the two obvious ones, and said, "You know what? Like, this guy can play. Let me revisit what I know about him. He looks like a wuss, but it doesn't mean he is a wuss." And you know. Perisic, okay, so we've pigeonholed him as a winger, but, you know, the guy's Croatian, which means he's badass, which means maybe I get him to put him on the wing and, and you know, and run up and down and, and work hard. 
Um, so I think he got all that. And I, and I say this with, with credit because, you know, people like Conte generally get to where they are by uh, convincing themselves that they're right all the time. Uh, but internally, though, at some point, they say there's a problem and how am I going to fix it? What do I know? What have I learned? And, and he's shown that he's moved up that, that learning curve and, you know, he's getting the best out of what he has. And it's not just those guys. It's had a knock-on effect. I mean, I think, you know, Braz has played better when, you know, when he's with other midfielders who can pass the ball and actually give it back to him rather than just running with it and losing it, like like Vidal. You know, um, <laughs> he, he reintegrated. Remember when everybody said, oh, Skriniar, no, he can play in a four, he can't play in a three, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think that, again, that Conte challenged his own beliefs, maybe challenged Skriniar and said, yeah, okay, so if you play in a three, you got to play differently. You know, you will be chasing small wingers in space, but look, Bastoni can do it. Why can't you? And and I think that message has resonated. For sure. But honestly, did you think that Inter were going to be in this position six, seven months ago on their way to winning the Serie A? Because that's what's happening right now. Um, no, because I thought Napoli were going to be better. I tricked me again. Um, and he could have normal for 12 months. Um, I thought Juve by hook or by crook would be better than they are. You know, I, I thought Inter would be in the mix. I didn't expect Milan, you know, everything to work so brilliant for them. I thought they'd be in the mix, but I certainly, you know, wouldn't have expected uh, this sort of lead. And, you know, it comes, you could say it comes at the expense of the Champions League. Not just the, the the training. People make such a big deal. Well, Conte's got a whole week to train, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's also the stress that he puts on himself and that he puts on our players. You know, when he's in the Champions League, when he starts freaking out, and some of these guys just don't don't respond well to that. You know, a, playing the same 11 now, uh, knowing where your focus is, having like a whole week to assimilate and not ratcheting it up to an 11 after every game, I think that that, that helps a lot. It sure does. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Mo. Did you have a question for Gab? Yeah, Gab. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Always a pleasure. Uh, wanted to ask you. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, look. I we we all we're all interested here. We all know that anything can go pear shaped very quick, and so we'll talk. We'll talk. You know, uh, as if we're talking uh, an internal dialogue hoping that whatever we say about the Scudetto this year doesn't uh, jinx the team or or the chances or whatever. But assuming that we that the team goes on and, and, and does win the, 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 the league this year, what do you think this ceiling of uh, or, or this team ceiling really is? And, um, you know, do you think that this is a, a project that can continue under Conte or do does the team need... Will the team need to look at itself in a year's time or two years' time, possibly, and and see where the direction where the direction it needs to be going, or who needs to be running the the, the squad at that point in time, for the team to have some sort of continuity and and, and generational shifts. So I th- I think there's a there's a sporting answer and there's a there's a financial answer and you know I'll start with the financial answer because it's it's the more boring one. Um, you know, chickens are going to come home to roost, right? Uh, I It's difficult to understand what Suning's position is overall, you know, beyond what they said, they're, they're in, they're out, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think at some point this, this team's going to have to run at a profit. and Or, sorry, uh, run at break even or make a small profit. Um, otherwise, you know, you, you saw, like Suning shareholders now, um, a big chunk of them, are, is literally the Chinese government, right? Chinese state-owned companies. Yeah. One has ditched their whole, like, you know, football project where they go and they buy Hulk and Oscar and Graziano Berlin, you know, cover them in gold. They, all that, all that's gone out the window, at least for now. So these guys are going to be like, hey, why, why are we, you know, you can own Inter if it makes strategic sense within your brand, but you can't just keep pumping money into it. So there's that aspect, and we've all read about you know, them looking for new investors. And there's the other aspect, which, 
you know, at some point, financial fair play is going to come back in some form. It's not going to be tailor-made for Andrea Agnelli, uh, even though that's the way it was presented in the Italian media. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's going to have to be something that he's going to have to are going to have to deal with. Um, the good news for Inter is that when I look at this team and I ask myself, ooh, you know, which superstars are here that Inter are in serious danger of losing because, you know, uh, a Manchester City or a Barcelona are going to come in for them. And good news, it's a short list, right? It's, it's Lautaro, it's Ashraf, and it's Bastoni because Inter have a bunch of older, highly paid players. Um, <laughs> that's one silver lining. So I, I'm relatively bullish about Inter's um, prospects in the short term, as in, you know, next season, I think they can do something. Maybe even in, in the Champions League. I, I think every every Champions League is its own story, right? And I don't for a minute believe that, that Conte is somehow cursed or incapable of winning in Europe or any of this other stuff. Um, but, you know, if you're talking about building a cycle that can work three to five years, if you're going to do that, you need to bring in some young players very quickly. And, oh, obviously, Barella, I forgot. Um, obviously, you want to add him to that to that trio. And, you know, the reality is, yeah, you can sort out Lautaro's contract. And, you know, beyond that, how many how many of these guys do we genuinely think are going to be starters and productive on a Champions League winning Inter side in three years' time. And I go to this team, and you know, apart from those guys I mentioned, I think Lukaku will still be around and contributing. Maybe Ericsson in some form. You know, there's not too many others, and 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 that that has to be the concern. And then you go back and say, oh, well. Can Esposito turn into something? Can Pinamonti, is there somebody else coming through? Do we trust Auxilio to go and bring in some younger players and be patient? Will Sainzi ever be fit and amount to anything? There's a lot of questions there. Mm, for sure. Will, I'm going to pass you over to Will, if you have a question for Gab. Yes. Um, thank, thanks, Gab, for, for coming on. It's the question actually leads on nicely from what um, from what Mo was saying, and it's about Conte himself. Um, we have heard sort of occasional stories in the Italian media that he is not guaranteed to, to stay at Inter beyond the end of the season, obviously because the the financial landscape is is what it is. Um, obviously, he came very close to leaving last summer before everything was was patched up in that in that wedding venue last summer. But I just wanted your take on you know if if. It is another summer of austerity, be it with you know, be it with Suning or with someone else um, in charge. Do you think it's a realistic possibility that that he could be departing, kind of you know, regardless of, of what happens in these last eleven games? And and if that is the case, do you think he would have options elsewhere? Because often the Premier League gets brought up in these situations, but I don't know if there'd be anyone really looking to to take Conte at this moment in time, especially given the the salary that he he commands. So just a what are your thoughts on, on Conte's future? Um, I think that's something that works in Inter's favor. Um, and I, I could be completely wrong on this. Conte's stock is not very high uh, outside of Italy. Um, and in fact, even within Italy, you know, if you were to talk to, to Juve fans, they'd probably tell you that, yeah, you know, <laughs> because, you know, we, we, we were in transition and because he got himself knocked out of the Champions League, right? Um, when, you, when you look around Europe, I don't know, you know, in the Premier League, he's burned way too many bridges with what happened, especially with a lawsuit or getting paid. You know, look, I, I'm not going to begrudge somebody if they feel that they were unfairly dismissed to be, you know, to be paid what they feel they're owed, but there's a way to do it. And the whole thing with going to court and everything with Chelsea, other owners are going to be like, well, dude, why is this guy worth it? You know? Um, and so I don't think it's here. I think in Spain, they have their own ideas about Italian managers and who they like and who they don't like. <laughs> so I really don't see that happening. Um, you know, not a fit at Bayern. And, you know, the one possibility would be the one that always comes up for Italian coaches. The same thing with Allegri, Paris Saint Germain. Mm. But, 
you know, you know that's not going to happen because they just got Pochettino. So, you know, would he really would he go back to Juve? Man, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks, yeah, that's where you belong. You know, you peas in a pod. Um, on the other, <laughs> you know, this Juve, I Montes, I like to criticize and make fun of them. Uh, they took a courageous step and a necessary step to kind of, you know, enter the third decade of, of 2000 and stop living in the 1990s with the moves they made this summer. And that's the direction of travel is the way you are going. It may not be Pirlo that takes him there. He may not be good enough, but that is, I think, the right direction in football right now. And taking Conte there would mean going back to a different kind of football. Um, so I don't see him going back to Juve. And so from his perspective, you know, does he want to take more time off? I don't know. I think the clock is ticking for him. And look, I think in some ways, if he realizes, oh, I didn't get my way these last six months with the money and everything, but I still won the Scudetto and look, these guys like me. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to make him want to stick around, you know, maybe even stick around on Sooning's terms, which I, I think would be, would be a good thing for, um, for Inter and, and probably for Italian football as a whole. Mm. Agreed. Uh, Mike? Yeah, uh, Gab, let's talk about some of the soccer that happened over the last uh, few days, if you don't mind. Um, so Italy had a couple 2-0 wins against Northern Ireland and uh, Bulgaria. And uh, some of the Inter players that were involved, Barella played about a half hour against Northern Ireland and played all 90 against Bulgaria. Uh, Sensi started a match and played 68 minutes against against Bulgaria. I believe that's his first start in like, I'm going to say at least five or six months, if I'm not correct. He hasn't played with Inter in at least, I'd say, a month and a half. So I'm just wondering your take on on how both of those players uh, did it in those two, two matches. Um, I think the whole ethos of these games, the way Mancini uh, set it up with his players, was really... Guys, you know, I've called up, I think it's 38 players are in the squad, which is just completely insane. You know, he's like, it may mean that I don't, you know, I get to talk to you once over the whole week, um, but it's necessary. And I, th I think that percolated through to the players a little bit, where there was a sense of, okay, let's just spend time together. Um, we can't really work on anything in training. You're not going to be judged on the games because we're all at different levels of fitness. We all have different priorities. You're going to learn so much playing against Northern Ireland um, and against Bulgaria. I just get the games done. Right. So having said that as a premise, I don't think Sainsi was particularly good against what I thought was a poor Bulgaria. Um, I think Barella was, was better, but again, you can see what was on his mind. On his mind was just let's just finish the ninety minutes, get the W, you know, score a couple of goals so that we can keep up with Switzerland. Um, I move on. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we can necessarily judge any of these players for Italy, um, you know, based on these, based on these two games. Although it's good to have Sansi back because. Hey, look, it's another guy who can pass in midfield, you know. And I think in the modern game, you can never have too much of those. For sure. Um, I just had one thing I wanted to ask you uh, because this is something that I've that I've noticed, and I wanted to hear if you if you agree with that, and if not, why? And 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 I want to hear your take on this because I think that one of the one of the misconceptions, because you know where I am with Conte, I find him very. Um, frustrating and interesting and he's a complex character. On the one hand, he drives me insane when he gets all stubborn, but on the other hand, he's a tactical genius. He sees the game the way that no one else does. I think he's at his absolute best, as I said in, in the beginning, uh, that when when he's forced to work with what he's got, um, he's 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 I don't I, I, he's one of the best, if not the best coach in the world. Uh, and he has I mean, it's it's one thing to just get. Uh, Ivan Perisic and Christian Eriksen to 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 accept to play in this new role, but to wholeheartedly accept it and and to give it 110 percent at this stage in their careers is is 
to me, that's something that the coach, you have to be a brilliant at handling players of this level. Um, and, and Conte clearly is that. But for me, from a tactical point of view, this is not the same Conte that we saw at Juve or Chelsea, in my opinion, in terms of tactically. Um, when you mentioned Skriniar, I think he's lowered the defensive line about five five meters. I think he's 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 got the balance completely right, which is something that I've been very critical of him. I think the balance was non-existent in the beginning of the season. Um, and now there is. And his his vertical football that he talks about, um, this is not the same power, pedal to the metal, a grinta merchant that we saw at Juve, to be very blunt, where it was all about intensity, 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 and to, to a certain extent at, at, uh, at Chelsea as well. This is something else. This is much more in, in line with with what he did with the Italian national team, only there he did it with with a far less with a poorer squad in terms of quality. And I'm really interested in what makes me really interested, what I find really interesting is how he's using Christian Eriksen and Brozovic and the tactical solutions he's used. Despite playing deeper, he's got interplaying much more attacking whilst also being much more defensively sound. Do you agree with that assessment? Do you, I mean, do you see an involvement here or do you still, or do you think that that's just like more, more, you know, touches he's made just to, have something to, you know, just because he was forced to make them? Well, look, I, I think I agree. Look, the screening out was definitely, you know, he's had to accept the fact that with these players, with a lot of them, you know, you are better off playing a little bit further away uh, from goal, uh, especially when not in possession. Um, I would agree that he's lowered the intensity in some ways, but then, you know, he's he's always willing or looking to, to accelerate. Um, you know, if you look at, I think the stats bear it out, but, you know, having Hakimi and, and Perisic, you know, you can start with those guys. Those guys can start out deeper. In fact, you often want to start them out deeper so that they can run at opponents and run into the space behind. Um, and that's fine. You know, Christian Eriksen's got a tremendous range of passing from deep. So a lot of times, you know, it almost turns into, into a double playmaker when, when he's on with, with Braz and, and, and that works, that works well. Um, you know, I think these are adjustments that he's made to the characteristics of the players. One thing though, that I know has been written about endlessly, but can't be overstated, you know, is the fact that he could play with a genuine front two which is something very, very few teams do. Mm. And what that means is every single, almost every team you play against has to make an adjustment, right? Every team that you play against suddenly finds itself, you know, playing against two central strikers rather than, rather than one. And, you know, that always creates some level of unease. It's, it's going, it, it inevitably, you know, has a knock-on effect because you know if if you play a if you play a back four then it generally means that you know one of the full backs has to always shade across they can never attack at the same time um if you play a back three it means that you know your spare man is kind of anchored to the spot because otherwise you know they're one-on-ones and both lautaro and and lukaku you know a very different style, obviously, a very good one-on-one. So that gives Conte a built-in advantage, which I think necessarily is going to make him play the game differently um, than uh, than he would otherwise. For sure, that's that's a good uh, that's a that's a that's a good observation. Um, what do you think is going to happen now in the end? I mean, to me, the way that it's looking, um, this is this has got to be Inter's Scudetto to lose now, right? Man, you know, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember to remember 2010. Yeah, did that up first because obviously had a happy ending for Inter fans, but I also remember, you know, what happened when you know he frittered away that enormous lead, you know, only for for Roma to then to then take take over and then bottle it all over again, right? So. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm touching my private parts as we do in Italy right now, and I'm not going to make that. <laughs> Any kind of 
prediction there. Look, there are a number of head-to-heads in games against teams that, I mean, not head-to-heads against, you know, Milan or whatever, the Derby's over, but there are games in the schedule where, you know, Inter could drop points because they're playing teams that, that have a lot at stake. Um, and in the case of Italian sides, except for Roma, they're all out of Europe as well, so you can't use that old chestnut, chestnut either. Um, I also think that Inter, you know, more so than, than, than some other teams, more so than Milan, for example, um, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be superstitious here, but, you know, what the hell happens if something happens to Lukaku? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are certain positions where, even though Inter have an absolute ton of players, because Conte made him play Panini sticker collection, <laughs> there is no alternative to some of these guys. Uh, if they get hurt, you know, somebody else replaces them. I mean, even even if we do the Young and Darmian for for, for Perisic and, and Ashraf, everything changes, not just in terms of quality, mm. but in terms of uh, a style of play as well. And, you know, that is one of the things that, for me, would be a concern. Uh, that's, that's a good point. But um, I'm sorry, Gav, I'm not having it. <laughs> you got nine You got nine points ahead of Milan that you've already are, well, well to be fair, well, it's, it's six points now, but, you know, you, you got two, you, you got the head-to-head there. You're ten points ahead of a Juve that even if you lose, I mean, I look at this fixture list and I'm thinking... It's Napoli, it's Roma, it's it's uh, Juve. Inter can afford to lose all three of those games if they just win the others, and if and and if they don't, it's a failure. I don't think we can mask it any other way, you know, because it's Bologna, it's Sassuolo, it's Hellas, and 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 Udinese, and and stuff, and and Crotone. Inter should be able to win those, no? All right. All right. First of all, it's Italy, and and Italy knows the last two months of the season the team you don't want to play. Mm, true. We need points, right? Um, playing Verona is always a gigantic pain in the ass and Sassuolo who knows what that psycho is going to do right I mean (laughs) you know if he he can go out and blitz them Um, I think one thing you know one of my big pet peeves in Italy um, and I heard it I even got wound up about this when, when I after watched the under 21s play at the end and they do with Spain. And, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the term like, I don't know, they knew how to suffer. No, <laughs> I knew it's it. No thing, knowing how to suffer, right? And it's something, it's some stupid crap that they really you know, proud about Conte before. But he doesn't say this anymore. This idea that, oh, you know, you're getting battered, you're conceding a million chances. But somehow you get away with a result, so that that's good because you knew how to suffer. No, what does that mean? You want to put in? It just means you play badly and conceded and, and conceded chances, you know. And this applies to whether you apply, you know, you play defensively, you play attacking football. You know, it's it's not suffering is never good. If you're suffering, it's because something went wrong. Especially if you have better players in the opposition, and and Inca generally do. So hopefully we've moved past that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that many gimmies, um, in, uh, in Inter's schedule. Um, so, and then I guarantee you, Conte does it. And, they, you know, he's going to be like a wild man before, for every one of these games. Mm, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, before we, uh, let you go, um, do you have something, cause you guys are doing some excellent work over on the Gab and Jules podcast and you've got, um, and, and your Monday musings, have you got something else coming up that you want to plug Then The floor is yours. Uh, no, I mean, just my, um, just, just my column. You know, I, 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 I try to try to write about stuff that, that I think is interesting. Obviously on Monday, you know, if you don't have time to stay across football everywhere, both the musings column and also the, the Gavin George show twice a week in some parts of the world, um, you know, it goes on TV In others. It's a podcast. There's a ton of clips on, on YouTube. Um, I love working with Jules because he's across everything and he's enthusiastic and, and funny and he's always in a good mood, you know, <laughs> but which, you know, is more often than in the past this season, but not that often. And, um, you know, so it's hopefully it's a quick listen, and you kind of you're across, you know, pretty much you get a flavor of all the stories that people are talking about um, in, in in the football world. 
including some, we always try to put some weird one in. So did you, was that nonsense about the Switzerland game kicking off late because the goal was too big? <laughs> like, I, with all due respect to the many Swiss listeners you know that have, I never want to hear any more nonsense about Swiss precision and shit like that. Because, <laughs> oh, why would you? Who would who would build and buy a gigantic goal? Like what? <laughs> what purpose does that serve? <laughs> you got me, man. You got me. Yeah, you got much money, man. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and at Marcotti, uh, if you want to follow Gab when he when when I and I got to say, I've told you this in private. I absolutely love it when you get annoyed when you have pet peeves. It's hilarious. And the, your your thing about the sapere sapere I, I was laughing because <laughs> I knew you were going to go off on that because I know that kind of stuff really ticks you off. <laughs> you know what? We anybody loves Italian football. You know what I'm talking about. We have to fucking break out of this shitty ass mentality. I hate the fact that Juve are doing it. Um, I mean, to be fair, Juve and Milan are doing it. Roma are doing it. Trying to. Some of these people are doing it badly. Sassuolo has been doing it for a while. Um, you know, Conte is getting there in his own way. I'm bullish and positive about the future when it comes to Italian football, to say that um, as a whole. Um, but, you know, we're still far away from the glory days, but, you know, hopefully it'll be more fun on the way back up than it was on the way down. For sure. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much, Gap, for coming on. And don't be a stranger. And thank you for taking time out. I know you're busy. No, guys, thanks so much for having me on. It's, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. Take care, Gab. Ciao. Buona serata. Right. Uh, that was Gabriel Marcotti, a good friend. Uh, let's um, let's talk uh, Bologna because it's back to business, boys. Um, we're recording this on a on a on a Monday night, uh, but uh, we we play on Saturday against Bologna against Mihailovic, um, and a Bologna side that has a lot of young talent and 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 that can probably cause Inter some some troubles. And it's a it's uh, it's it's away, and and I know people say, well, there's no fans, but this is a ground where Inter have had some problems, even though they've won under Conte. But um, it is it is a tricky one, and it's and after what happened at Sassu- against uh, Sassuolo, where that game was suspended, and Inter are back to playing three games a week, twice, uh, two weeks of April. Um, it, it could be, you know, it's important to get to a winning start again. Um, what what are we expecting to see? I mean, the latest news is is if I'm not wrong, will. Handanovic has tested negative. He'll be back in full training tomorrow. Uh, Vecino and D'Ambrosio are are still out. Uh, Ranocchio is looking to to uh, to replace Defray, who's also still out. Um, well, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? Well, well, I mean, what, what's your take on this? Um, well, that's that's all correct. Uh, as far as we're, we're aware, looks as if Defray isn't going to make it in time for the for the game. Even though he if he tested negative the next couple of days, he's then got to have a a medical test and then he's got to go through a couple other sort of he's got to jump through another couple of hoops which might mean that he'd only have sort of one training session before Saturday so it looks as if we might get Ranocchio at centre-back on Saturday I think first of all that we'll see a very different Bologna side to the one that we saw three months ago because Mihailovic messed up the reverse fixture because he was too busy worrying about a spy in his in his camp and uh, and it turned actually the spy was correct because he he changed his system and it went completely wrong. I don't think Bologna did themselves justice at all in that first game. They really set sort of sat off us and and let us have quite a comfortable win from what I recall. So I expect that they will be uh, a little bit more aggressive than they were last time, and I think they should do that as well because my um, my concern or my question mark about this match is that we've not played for twenty days. Now, of course, a lot of our key players have played on international duty, so they're not going to be individually maybe rusty. But as a team, we won't have played for three weeks. And so I can't imagine this kind of lightning start that we that we were doing so well a couple of, sort of until about a month ago. So I, I don't know what the impact with this game is going to be. I, I just I have I can't see how we won't start a little bit slow, even if it, that's obviously not going to be the intention. Conte would never set out, send out his team to, to waste the first half. But I think that the first 20 or 30 minutes will be will be a bit of an unknown quantity because if you if you haven't played for three weeks, then, you know, I, I don't think you can just hit the ground running again, um, especially when Conte hasn't even had the group mostly um, because of, of international duties. We've thought that 
the group was going to be was going to be prevented from going off to for international duty because of this COVID outbreak. But uh, it was all reversed uh, at the start of last week. So he he hasn't had the players to work with either. It looks as if the full group is not going to be back until Friday, possibly because I think Ericsson plays on Wednesday, his last match. Um, so it, it, there's not a lot of time to prepare this game, which is always which is always a question mark. I don't think Bologna, but I think Mihailovic will, will try and match our system like he did a few months ago because that didn't really seem to work at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this is simple. Um, we could have Milan three points behind us by the time we kick off. I think Milan play before us on Saturday. Um, so, you know, I, I'm more sort of inclined to, to go with Gavin that, 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 you know, I don't think there are any games that we shouldn't win, but the games aren't straightforward either. There's a lot of um, potential trap games left, and I would I would count this as one of them because, as you said, Bologna away is generally quite difficult. Um, we obviously we won last year, but that was with a last-minute goal from from Lukaku after we'd, we'd gone behind. Um, we needed Gabby goal once to beat Bologna. We haven't got him to call upon on this occasion. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, <laughs> Gabby goal. Compl- <laughs> well, yeah, if you're relying on Gabby goal to win you a game at Bologna, then you know that there are problems. No, I think this will be this will be interesting. I, I don't really know what to expect because we haven't seen them for three weeks, but I, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. What about you, um, uh, Mo? What, where are you on this? Do you expect to see a, a do, do you think it'll be a bit rusty? I personally think that, okay, oh, he's got a few players gone, uh, but I, I still think that he's had a lot of them to work with. Um, and I think uh, that he'll come, that Inter will be prepared. I, I disagree a little bit by, by with Will there, even though Ericsson, I, I, don't, I don't expect Ericsson to start this game. I think he'll probably make a cameo in the second half. But, but what, what, what do you think? I, I actually I I like how uh, Will broke it down. Uh, Nima. I think uh, uh, I, I'm I'm bracing myself for the worst. I think uh, ultimately, like the start of the season though, uh, where a lot of people were quite upset at the results, despite Inter uh, having had created many many chances. I think this is really what it's going to come down to. If uh, our strikers are sharp, if the two guys or the three guys or the five guys playing in the Bologna half uh, when when presented with chances do make the best out of them. I think this is this is what's going to make the difference. But I think, uh, like you said, Will, there, there's an inevitable um, disconnect in momentum uh, from from that uh, fantastic run. And it, like you say, you know, we, we just don't know. It might it might just be the case that uh, they step onto the pitch and, and, you know, business as usual and they run through Bologna. But I would I would be more inclined to agree with your apprehension and think that um, this will be a, a match hopefully that Inter will win, but not without uh, a little bit of uh, adversity, having to overcome some adversity. And I think the the making sure that they take advantage of what what chances are presented to them is going to be the difference. Mm. What about you, Mike? Uh, do you agree with uh, with the guys? <laughs> Well, first, you know, when you talk about uh, Palas, uh, sorry, when you talk about Bologna's talent, you obviously mean Palacio, right? <laughs> no, oh, no, man. no, I don't. I know. No, I don't. I don't. I'm uh, actually talking about their. their yeah. uh, they have some young players that are really. really I know. Really I know. Great. I know. I'm. I'm just Palacio. joking around. I think he's going to miss it, and I think Skorupski's <laughs> going to miss it as well due to COVID. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. I know. I was just. I'm just playing around, but um, <laughs> yeah. But I actually, I'll, I'll second. I'll second the motion by uh, by Mo and and agree with. I I, I liked what what Will said about the the trap game. We use that term in North America a lot. The trap game, where where there's all these types of different types of obstacles that you that you kind of find hidden. And I think in this situation, not being not playing a game for so long, that that would be the reason for me to not be confident about this game. Um, but at the same time. You know, like it also gives you a lot of time to prepare. And uh, look, this is this is a game that they they need to win because, like Will said again, we could only be three points up going into that game. And next thing you know, you you lose or you tie that game, then it starts getting you starts getting really nervous. And then all the nerves are going to start coming in. So we got to make sure we keep that buffer. Uh, look, Bologna's not a pushover. They won their last two couple games against uh, Samp and Crotone. Yeah, Soriano and uh, I believe who, who I, Musa Barrows have a pretty good year for them too. So they've got the talent. 
And I just think that they need to, you know, I also think that this is going to be a game. They also got, they also got Orsolini, who apparently is better than Federico Chiesa, according to some. (laughs) According to who? (laughs) Let's not get into that. Yeah. Is that according to Orsolini? Yeah. (laughs) But I also, I also quickly, I also quickly think that this is a game that's going to take a little bit of time to kind of get into. So it's not going to be one of those, those games where you're going to see a lot of stuff going on. I don't think, but it's going to take some time to just work your way in and, uh, you know, 30, 35 minutes in is where I think we'll start seeing some action. Okay, so just give me a prediction then, because I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a 2-1 win for Inter. I think it's going to be 1-0, 2-0, and then 1-2. And then it's going to be a little bit nervy at the end. Uh, what about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll say 3-1. I'll say 3-1, okay. and uh, Soriano will score Bologna's goal. And, uh, I, yeah, if, I mean... I would love to, if if Ranocchia starts. I, when he starts, I always think he's going to score off a corner. So hopefully, if that's the case and and he's playing, then and I always put him down for a goal. Sure, Mo. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll follow your lead on this one, Nima. I'll, I'll predict a two-one win. Uh, hard fought, last minute uh, drama, deep breaths. Mm, okay, Will. What about you? Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be dull and, and say the same thing. Um, last year, we won it 2-1 with a, a double from Lukaku and two goals coming in the last 15 minutes. I don't know if, wouldn't be shocked if something too dissimilar, um, I wouldn't be shocked if something similar happened, I should say. Um, mm. Yeah, 2-1 feels feels about right. Um, and uh, as I said, I think the first half an hour or so will be the, maybe the, the trappiest element of this trap game. I think if we can get through that, then I'd, I'd be reasonably comfortable that we can we can outlast Bologna. But, uh, we'll see. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the positivity, which will be presented by the artist formerly known as Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. <laughs> He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Yeah, listen, uh, this, uh, this week, uh, it's always very difficult to pick, uh, to pick something uh, in the world of Inter when there hasn't been much going on in the world of uh, culture in general, let alone Inter. But uh, my uh, Moratti of the week has got to be the potential leaked fourth jersey. I know it got a lot of shit online from a lot of people. I just love it. And I love it because it reminds me of the greatest uh, uh, tennis star to ever grace uh, the courts, uh, Andre Agassi. I was going to say, it looks like Agassi in the 90s. (laughs) I love everything about this. I I love it, yeah. I, I, I sign me up, you know. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be first on, on the mailing list to buy it. If it in fact is a, is a true leak, I, I like it very much, and it's very much in the style of uh, the daring kids that uh, Nike have been pushing to enter. Um, so yeah, that's that's my Marathi for this week. Mm, nice one. Right, uh, let's move on to something much more uh, comical. This week's frog, which we presented by Mr. William Beckman. E clamoroso. Yeah, as, as you said, Nima, we've, we've had an enforced break. Um, so this isn't technically this week's um, frog of the week. It's, it's a frog since our last recording um, because uh, there was one that, that took place a couple of weeks ago before the international break that I thought was, was excellent. Um, and it's, it's Joe Hart, the, uh, the Tottenham uh, goalkeeper, because... Um, Spurs had a, a very, very embarrassing uh, Europa League exit to uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Marcelo Brozovic's former club, uh, in the Europa League last 16. They were 2-0 up from the first leg and somehow they managed to lose 3-0 uh, and go out. Mourinho was, was talking after this about how his players had, uh, quote, lacked the basics of life, not just the basics of football, <laughs> uh, the basics of life itself. Um, Hugo Loris came out and said it was a disgrace and that people were not taking responsibility in the in the dressing room and fans were in uproar and it was it was humiliating. It had repercussions on the next game because Mourinho did his usual thing of dropping experienced players for young players and then saying, you know, these are the only players I can trust. You see what I'm trying to deal with here. Um, so it caused a 
a huge sort of um, storm of, of hatred and, and anger on social media. And so within that context, Joe Hart or indeed Joe Hart's social media team, because it probably wasn't him specifically, made a bit of a mistake um, because he put up an Instagram story after they'd gone out of the Europa League with um, sort of tagging the post that Spurs had put up to, to, to tell everyone about the full time result. And with that, he'd written the words job done. Which oh dear! Kind of doesn't oh dear! The right tone. Obviously, it was deleted within about uh, five minutes, but that's enough to already oh expose himself to hundreds of thousands of people who follow him. And then he, I think he, he ended up having to pu- to publish to post a video of himself apologising for the mishap. Um, so whoever was responsible for that uh, probably didn't have. A very comfortable international break but yeah he wasn't a very popular signing if i remember um I mean, he's only the second choice goalkeeper but that probably doesn't help him his cause if he's trying to to win over favor so um yeah that that's that's nasty so um a little bit delayed but i thought it was worth a, a mention for for poor joe who, who did play in Serie a few years ago i keep forgetting that when he was at torino so he's got yeah, a, a very small i think i think i think, I think, I think, I think torino want to forget that as well if i'm perfectly honest it was not a successful <laughs> stint my, my only memory of joe hart in in italy apart three smartens <laughs> well apart from the, the various yeah getting lobbed by mertens and, and the various mistakes was when he he was playing against de boers inter at san siro and he mm. came up into the penalty area for a last minute Attempt oh, yeah. to score an equaliser, and, and Fabio Caressa, the, the the commentator on Sky, went, "Joe Hart in the box! Joe Hart in the box!" <laughs> he got very very excited, and that was probably the only exciting thing he did in in his entire season in Italy. So yeah, not a good week for Joe Hart. Absolutely not. Uh, let's move on to something much more negative. This week's Moji, which we presented by Mr. Michael Gallo. I'm sure we've all seen it. Uh, happened a, a couple of days ago in Serbia versus Portugal, uh, World Cup qualifying. Two-two, uh, dying seconds of the match. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo appears to score a winning goal to give Portugal the three points. Uh, however, the Dutch referee Danny McAlee, uh did not award the goal. Uh, and the assistant referee uh, did not award the goal. Uh, but the emoji of the week goes to FIFA for not having goal line technology or VAR for these matches. We're talking about it's insane. FIFA World Cup qualifiers. These it's are not insane. friendlies. These insane. are not friendlies. Not friendly games. This is not your, your pickup game uh, on the side of the road next to your school. This is a FIFA World Cup qualifier. This technology is available. It's been available for years. Goaling technology has been around for five, six, seven years or even longer. VAR is a little bit newer, but goaling technology was there beforehand. We have to go through a process here of four different steps to make sure that this is the correct call. A, the referee sees it. It's a tough, it's a tough call for the referee to see it from where his vantage point is, so I understand why he didn't see it. The assi- number two, the, ne- the assistant referee... If you look at him, he's right on the goal line. He should be able to see that. However, he missed it. So, okay, you've got goal line technology. But wait, FIFA didn't put it in for World Cup qualifiers. So you get a a mistake there. You've got no VAR to check it as well. So you've got four different steps. They all failed. Cristiano Ronaldo, who, you know, listen, you know, we like to, you know, give him shit once in a while, but he had every right to be pissed off. Maybe not to the... Maybe not to the extent of, you know, throwing his captain's armband on the ground and walking off and, and acting like that. Maybe a little bit over the top, but he had a right to be pissed off. And who knows if these, you know, these two points that cost Portugal ends up, you know, costing them a spot uh, in Qatar. We don't know that, but it could down the line. Uh, I think this was ridiculous and FIFA really needs to look at least at least have goal line technology in your games. Forget about VAR. At least have goal line technology because, you know... When you look at it, it's a good, you know, five, you know, four to five inches past the goal line. It's close. And I understand why the referee might not see it, but the assistant referee should have seen it. But this is what goal line technology does. It corrects these mistakes. And this is not your pickup game. This is a FIFA World Cup qualifier. 
Come on, FIFA, wake up. Agreed. Amen. Thank you very I couldn't agree more. I mean, we're past the stage of goal line technology that just has to, you know, be that just has to exist. Right, that's all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Marcotti and Mr. Mohamed Nasser, who had to rush uh, rush away before we, we ended this call, uh, ended this pod. I'd like to thank you, Will, for joining me. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be back. Hopefully that's the last three-week break we have this season. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah. This is this is this is judgment time now. The, well, it is. It's it's going to be the decided. running starts. This is yeah. It. I mean, I think I think I think it's April is going to be decisive. Um, well, that's it, like seventy percent of the games left, isn't it? So yeah. no, I mean no, but <laughs> yeah. I mean it's like it's yeah, absolutely. But I mean, given how this is all like it's all being condensed as well, it's going to be yeah. It's 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 we'll know who'll win this Coretto by the end of April. I think it's going to yeah. be decided okay. by then. Okay. Um, well, I like and, that because that means that means if that's happened, it's going to be us. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it exactly. can't be Milan by the end of April. <laughs> that's true, right? Uh, and and also, Mr. Michael Gallo, thanks for joining us again. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, had fun, and uh, this is the final stretch. Starting to get a little excited, and uh, hopefully, we can get three points against uh, Bologna coming up this this week. Yeah, hang on to your hats, people. We're on, we're in for it. <sighs> When we're going in for the final stretch. Until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, wishing you good health. Uh, listen to your health authorities, stay safe, and sempre, uh, and three points, more importantly, three points. Until next time, uh, sempre e solo, forza Inter. <laughs>